All right, and we're back once again with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows, but it's a big one for us. I know we've been off for a little while because the season has ended for fantasy football owners. I hope everyone out there had a successful season like we did, almost won the championship here, Lost it by 10 points, and I'm so upset because of that. But you know what? Hey, it was a great season, great comeback for me. And I know these guys have got some great stories as well as far as their fantasy football season and how it concluded. So without further ado, I want to introduce my guests for this time. In fact, I've got both of them here. Our two regular co-hosts are now side-by-side for this special episode because we're going to be talking a lot about the Super Bowl fantasy football and some other things going on for basically for everything when it concerns the big game i think you know since it's podcasting and i don't think the nfl is going to get on our case we'll just say the super bowl liv at this point in time so i want to go ahead and introduce my my great co-hosts right now and i want to first thank them both for being a part of inside sports fantasy football all year long first we got from the voice from the underground it is jason dutch what's going on man gerald what's happening man my uh my championship game not good no you know i i won't spend a lot of time talking about it but let's just say i started adam thielen point two points and i i I lost by 17 and i i benched galladay galladay scored 18 so yeah that goes to show I, i broke my own rule never bench your studs but i played the matchup and i Fuck, and you know, so that's why I should never be hosting these shows. <laughs> you know, still, you made it to the championship game. That says yeah. something. Mine was a two-week championship game, and then the first week, I made one miscalculation on a starting lineup issue. Probably would have got me eight points closer, but I still would have lost. So imagine that I, we were actually even in the second week. So hey, you know what? I can't say anything about that. It's nothing I truly did absolutely wrong, but still. Kind of hurts when you're so close to go ahead and, and you can see it and you can feel it and you can think you got that cup all in hand as far as the big winner is concerned. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case this year for myself as well. But you know what? I still had a great time playing fantasy football this year. But we've also got another great guest. In fact, our second co-host as well, the guy who showed up as far as for our Thursday episodes this season. It's a good man as well indeed. He's from Inside Sports. You got to check out what he's doing today, including a special thing I'm going to throw up there on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com in regards to a fantastic research paper on the big game this weekend. So you got to check it out when I go ahead and post up there, and it will go up sometime on Friday. It is Chris Ardieri from Inside Sports. And Chris, thank you as well for being a part of Inside Sports Fantasy Football all year long. Gerald, you're welcome. Thanks for having me back for one last hurrah to wrap up the season. Um, for once, I have a good story about a fantasy football championship game. My son and I teamed up in a uh, dad-slash-sons league, and we ended up winning. Uh, what happened was uh, that came down to that Monday night game between the Packers and the Vikings, and I think we got just enough points out of Stephon Diggs. Uh, we went out. We had to make a trip to the mall which is insane enough right before Christmas. But uh, while we were there, I had friends texting me about how lucky we were. And apparently the Packers were up big enough that they started running the clock out and Aaron Jones and our opponent had uh, didn't get another touchdown or any more carries. And we won by the skin of our teeth. So uh, moral of the story is uh, I guess don't watch the game because at that point you're in a win-win. You are so, you know what? (laughs) That is a freaking fantastic point. I am done done watching the games i mean it's like i used to love red zone i can't deal with it anymore it's it's excruciating because you sit there and you what you do and chris i know you i want to see if you guys agree with this it's like just putting this is a great post-mortem to the season is that you sit there and you're like you can tell if your player is going to get you know 20 points or two points almost halfway through the game because you're, you're looking, you're like the game flow is just is so dependent on you're like, okay, I have six guys going and five of them have a terrible game flow right now. You know, it's like, oh, he's not going to be throwing the ball. My opponent's guy, they're losing. So they're going to be throwing and that guy might catch it. And this sort of thing, it's like, it's, 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 it's excruciating. It brings me no joy whatsoever. 
to my life in any way, shape, or form. Only pain. So I think I'm going to just instead of I, I actually contemplated stop playing fantasy sports when I lost that Super Bowl. I'm like, I'm so tired of losing when I should win because I clearly had the best team in like all of my leagues, but I I didn't win any of them. Someone said to me the other day, just don't watch the games. Put your lineup in and then check it at the end of the game. But then I'm like, well, how do I research? Well, maybe I can just go watch and watch game game footage. I don't know. So I'll try it during the baseball season because baseball is my main fantasy forte. So we shall see. But great point, Chris. Thank you. Don't do Thank some you, science Adam. stealing. That's all I say. Don't do some <laughs> science stealing. Oh, God. That's another podcast or another series of podcasts. But anyway, no, I, I agree. I mean, uh, I liken it to this. Like, unless you're a day trader, you shouldn't be checking your stocks or your 401ks every day. I mean, um, it, that's the way you look at it. It's hard, though, because we have so much technology. The apps are now real-time. They give you projected points, which is the real evil of fantasy football, in my opinion. Just don't watch. And I'm getting to the point now, you know, I'm having to train my son on this because he's young and he thinks it's great. And he's like, oh, Dad, we're projected to win. And I have to tell him, you know, it's a load of crap algorithm whatever it is but um just just why i i just like watching the games and saying like oh this guy did well or oh this guy really gets points in garbage time and i i think we need to go back old school where we just uh, do fantasy football with our eyes well i'll tell you what i'm just so happy to see that there was a good story from one of us in regards to the championship game because uh, you know what it still speaks about what we were go ahead and, and tell people each week and the rules we kind of like follow or the advice that we give on a weekly basis or that we gave over the course of the season that all three of us managed to get to the championship game at least with one of our teams so that tells you something right there as far as something that we were able to go ahead at least give people advice to get them in a good position to go ahead and win some games during the course of the fantasy football season yep Indeed. if only I were as good as other things in my life <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I'm not going to go there, my friend. I'm not going to go there. But I'll tell you what, there is a big game coming up this Sunday. There's a lot of things to talking about. Really? The Pro Bowl? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> that's, don't, don't even get me started with these all-star games. But anyways, uh, before we go into the Super Bowl, I just want to go ahead and touch on one last thing when it comes to fantasy football. What are some of the things that you guys do in the offseason? Because our season's over as of this, at this episode when it comes to inside sports fantasy football. We're going to be off the air for as far as for a little while, you know, during the off season and whatnot. But we are coming back for season two later this year. So I just wanted to make sure and make that announcement. So I'm very excited for that. But during the time that you go ahead and prepare upcoming, maybe for the NFL draft or even later than that for free agency, whatnot, what are some of the things that you guys look forward to? And Chris, I'll start with you when it comes to preparing for that fantasy football draft later this year. I think for me, the most important thing will be free agency. I mean, it's it's really interesting to begin with. I think the NFL and the NBA do a great job of hyping those uh, those second seasons up. But um, in the sense that not so much the big name guys and where they go, but uh, you'll have someone, um, maybe one of these lower tier free agents. Let's say there's someone like uh, um, a, a third receiver on a team and he signs with a new team and becomes a second receiver. You keep your eye on things like that or – um, running backs, even with the 49ers, look at what happened. Uh, Tevin Coleman ended up there uh, after kind of playing second fiddle to Freeman with the Falcons, and he's getting more carries. So I observed that. It's not the end-all, be-all, but I think it's important to keep track of who goes where because inevitably you'll get to your draft in August and you'll hear, oh, so-and-so signed with this team? I had no idea. And that's where you can kind of exploit the uh, ignorance or inefficiency of others. The draft's very interesting, but I've got to be honest with you. Um, especially with the quarterbacks or even these defensive guys, they're not going to have a lot of effect on fantasy. Maybe if there's a stud running back or receiver high in the draft that gets in the right fit with the right team, that might help. But I mean, what I've seen with rookies, it's, it's kind of been hit or miss the last few years. Jason, how about you? What are some of the things that you do in, in preparation for something like, you know, as far as what the draft or maybe free agency or something that you point towards you to go ahead and prep you for the upcoming fantasy football season. Nothing. <laughs> you know, what? I, no, I, not I, honestly, even those I, old, not even those, no, the not, old way that we used to do it on those no, big, thick guys anymore. that you used to go get the book. I used to, I used to go buy, I'll tell you what, I used to go buy the book, you know, the, the one that was like a dollar 99 should have been, but it was 1850 at exactly. Walgreens. Um, you know, and I'll still, 
I'll, I'll grab one a few days before the draft. And but I'm more interested in just seeing what the different rankings are because obviously, you know, these days there's too many tools that are easy to get. So I mean, you could literally I, I wouldn't recommend auto drafting your team, but I mean, you could you could definitely just use the Yahoo rankings and put what put together a somewhat decent team or the or the ESPN rankings or whatever it is. I, I find CBS to have the strongest fantasy site personally, but the reason I do nothing really up up until maybe three, four days before the draft is because everything changes up until three, four days before the draft. You know, you, you could you could be as well prepared as you want in April, but if a guy gets hurt in training camp, everything's over. You know, or if you have something happen like what happened with Antonio Brown, you know, you could prep all year and say, look how great Antonio Brown was going to fit into the Raiders offense or how great he wasn't going to fit into the Raiders offense. We weren't even talking about that by week one. And the other thing is that it's fantasy baseball playoffs, right? The fantasy baseball playoffs take place right around the time that the NF that the NFL drafts, uh, the, the fantasy football drafts are happening. And it happens that way every year. You know, especially if you go deep into your fantasy baseball playoffs, like I tip because baseball is what I'm better at, honestly. And, you know, I'm, I'm paying more attention to who how my fantasy baseball team is doing than I am to the NFL um, fantasy draft up until the day of or before the NFL uh, football draft. So the or the fantasy draft, I should say. So, uh, you know, that, that there's a little bit of a flux there as far as that goes. For me personally, if you don't play fantasy baseball, then you don't really have to worry too much about that. It's easier for me to prep for fantasy baseball because right now, guess what? Nothing's going on. So I have, you know, and I don't play fantasy basketball or hockey. So, you know, it's easier for me to prep for baseball. And with free agency in baseball, there's a lot more going on typically. There's fantasy NASCAR yeah. right around the corner. Yeah, no thanks. I'll, I'll be out for that. Um, or golf or anything like that. But the the one thing I will say as far as like what I do at the last minute is I will take a look at a couple things. Number one, I'll pull out last year's rankings. So I'll look at who I had on my I'll remind myself who I had on my team last year, who how I did in my in my leagues, who else did well, who they had on their teams, how those who were who was starting in the last weeks of the year. But also importantly, where did guys get drafted the year before? You know, do any of those get? Did any of those guys maybe have a year? Because a lot of times Yahoo, uh, for specifically, will drop guys down in the rankings. Who, let's say, just as an example, let's say that uh, Antonio Brown comes back next year and he signs with. I'm trying to think of a good fit for him. Where would there be a good fit for Antonio Brown? Maybe San Francisco. There's right? a joke say, in there somewhere, and I won't say. There, there, there certainly is. But let's say, actually, I'll I'll tell you what would be a great fit for Antonio Brown. Let's say Antonio Brown signed with the Chargers, right? Where he would have Philip Rivers still possibly if he's still there throwing to him, and you would have Keenan Allen, you know, and he's on the other side. That would be a good fit for Antonio Brown. So what Yahoo would do is Yahoo would drop would probably have Keenan Allen ranked like number WR six, and then they'd put Antonio Brown like WR what twenty nine. I don't care what you do, Antonio Brown's never going to finish the season at WR twenty nine unless he doesn't play like this year. So it's so you kind of look at where guys were the year before. A great example of this was like when Devontae Freeman did real well a couple years ago. He wasn't supposed to start that year. It was supposed to be Tevin Coleman's job, but Devontae Freeman came in and came out of nowhere and had a great year. So that tells you, hey, you know what? They had almost, remember Devontae Freeman was almost cut the year before that. So you you kind of look at like, okay, where were guys at before? You know, maybe he's actually good, maybe it's fool's gold, that sort of thing. But you look at guys who might have got hurt, like Preston Williams from Miami is going to drop really low because people are going to forget that he had such a great uh, promising start to this year because he got hurt at the end of the year. You know, and so you look at all of that plus the changes, but really two days of studying, as long as you actually do it, is more than enough typically for me. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. I'm definitely in agreement with you in the sense that I feel like less is more and waiting till the end this particular year. I started printing out rankings, like you said, two to three days before I started observing. And uh, you, you also, too, like, especially with running backs, I feel like no one has a clear starter these days, right? And uh, mm-hmm. unless you're safe, Juan Barkley and I get stuck with him and he gets hurt, but that's besides the It was point. a curse this um, year to have the number one pick. <laughs> yep, yeah, and, and and yet I did in one league and my team stunk. But you know, yeah. you, you've got to uh, you, you've got to look at this kind of this big picture too. And the rankings aren't the end all be all. What I tell people is the rankings are a guide of the guys that are out there. Go through, highlight the ones you like, scratch off the ones you don't want, or maybe manually draw an arrow and put them down or mark them with red, do that sort of thing. Because once a draft happens after the first round, uh, things can completely go off the rails or go unexpectedly right. and you can find value in, in, in the second and third round in no time. Yeah. And don't, don't pick a guy just because Yahoo says he should be picked next. You know, if, if you don't like a certain player and you like another guy that's below him, you know, the only time that I'll take a guy like, for example, Sammy Watkins. I don't like Sammy Watkins as a fantasy football player. I, I just I don't find him sexy. You know, I've never been a big fan of Sammy Watkins. Um, would I take him? Sure. If he dropped to, you know, if he was, say, ranked number 26 and he dropped to number 54. Absolutely. I'll take him. But at, but I'm not going to take him at 26, 27, 28 because I don't like him. You know, I, I my gut tells me he's not going to be good, and that's the beauty of fantasy. I'll either be right or not right, <laughs> you know? I don't know. For me, a lot of preparation goes into about the last two weeks. Is that important for you guys as well? Yeah. I mean, I, again, not really. Um, as far as, like, the, the, um, the studying goes, I'll, I'll pretty much wait until a couple days before everything goes. Again, I, I think it's kind of a waste of time. To start now, well, I will say this, um, Chris. I don't know. Are are you in any keeper leagues? No. So I'm in a keeper league. Obviously, the draft for that's going to be in May. So it might, if if you kind of want to stay fresh with fantasy football, find yourself a keeper league, you know, or a dynasty league, and specifically a dynasty league. And you know, because usually those drafts take place about two three weeks after the um, the NFL draft. So in either late April, early May, I forget when the NFL draft is. I think it's late April. So, you know, you might be drafting a couple months early, and that can kind of keep you a little bit in tune with what's going on. But other than that, like I, like I said before, you're pretty much looking at making a decision right before the uh, the, the the draft goes. But, yeah, Chris, you know, when, you, when you're drafting uh, running backs, what is your philosophy on that? I'm, like with the RB zero philosophy or are you more into the take your running back early? Yeah, I, I used to, I've gone back and forth and I feel like the last few years you have to take one early unless I've, I've seen this happen where there's a run on running backs, maybe you're in the middle towards the end of the first round in your league and you figure, you know, I better get a top wide receiver and maybe coming back, I'll get someone and then build up some depth later on. But uh, you're at the top of the board. Like I was, um, my mistake was, you know, I'm a Giants fan and I normally don't like taking guys on my team, but I got sucked in all the Saquon hype. And at one point I said to my son, uh, you know, maybe I should take McCaffrey. And he said, no, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Saquon will be a little better, but I should have known. Well, let me ask better. you this. Will you get sucked into it again next time? No, I will not. But even uh, with the even with that week 16 performance, uh, he had his no, only two I, games of the year, only two good games of the year, really. Last two no, weeks. and I'll yeah, I'll I'll tell you why. Um, Daniel Jones is essentially, and I, I know he played, but you know, I um, think the jury's still out on him, and 
unless they surround themselves with some wide receivers, I think teams are going to keep keying on Saquon. And then, then too, so in another league, uh, McCaffrey fell to us at four, which was insanity, and uh, I couldn't be happier. That's why my team four. Won wow. The so, so was yeah. it was it was it Barkley, Kamara, Chubb? No, Elliot. Elliot, really? Okay, because I'm. Yeah. I, I was thinking Chubb, Elliot, or Mahomes would be the only guys I could fathom. No, no, Mahomes even lasted after that. Everyone just you know, once the running backs went, everything went haywire. But, but yeah. Right. So I mean, um. That's my thing. It all it all depends on where you are positioning wise, and you know you you I, I saw it happen this year where like you know you get into the second round and if you wait too long for a running back, you're looking at like a Devonta Freeman and he had a terrible year. So there, I, I just don't think there's any hard or fast rule. I think what happens is you know where you're picking in the first round and you take it from there and you hope you have this kind of projection. Maybe someone falls to you, but it's just you know these guys on like ESPN and other outlets I, I won't mention them by name they just remind me of like these stock touters on cnbc where like you've <laughs> got this magic formula and you need to do this and this is the way it's going to be it's not um and for me with barkley i think had he been healthy i, I think he would have been a, a good solid fantasy running back this year i don't think he would have outscored mccaffrey but i think it's just more of a number one running back jinx the last time i was in that situation i got adrian peters saying he got suspended two nights before the season started so um, so, yeah, I need to trade out of one. So let me ask you guys one other quick question before we start talking Super Bowl here. Okay, Gerald's back, so he can take back control. But I, I will ask this question. <laughs> Who's going first, Lamar Jackson or Mahomes? That's what I wanted to ask, too. Yeah, that's a good question. Good question. Because I, I'm still uh, I, I'm still in a – I'd take Mahomes over him still. I agree. I'm with you on that I, one. You know, I agree, too. But I think Jackson will be number one because he, he – because of the rushing yards and touchdowns, everyone's going to get sucked into that. When in reality, look, I, I think he had a phenomenal year. He's going to end up winning MVP. That's great. But um, what's happened to him the last two playoffs is the way teams are going to start defending him. And uh, I, I think while he'll be a viable fantasy quarterback, he's not going to be the fantasy player he was this year. What, what do you What do you guys think? The let's Let's do this real quick. I know this isn't what we came on to do, but it'll be fun. Oh no worries. Preseason. What's our top five? Can we agree on a, the top five picks? What are, what are we thinking here? We've got McCaffrey, I think, is going to be number one. Probably McCaffrey, Barkley, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes. Am I, uh, am I missing? And then top, Michael Thomas? Who are we? Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, Thomas has to be up there. Yeah. He he has to be the the consensus one receiver. And then I think too you'll get a uh, you'll you'll get and I, I think this is nuts too, but you'll get some people touting Ezekiel Elliott as if um you know uh what's his name McCarthy some offensive genius and savior in in Dallas and if the Prescott situation gets figured out where I think he's poised for a huge year, but I'll I'll still be skeptical. I agree with you on that lineup. I agree with you. I think that's a that's a good five right there for you. I think that's what most will be pointing towards too, as far as that's concerned. It's, I think it's, it's tough. It's tough yeah. though because taking t you know two quarterbacks in the top five, but like just thinking of it right now, I'm not sure. But any... Lamar Jackson, I think, is what I think he was our fantasy MVP. I think for this year, I think I think we could say that. Mm -hmm. Or you know, was was it McCaffrey for you guys? For me, it was McCaffrey personally because okay. McCaffrey. Because and the reason it was me McCaffrey for me was because his the, the difference in points between him and the number two running back was greater than the delta between Mahomes and I think was it Watson number two if I if I recall so, so. you know it's um, if you miss out on Mahomes or Watson then you know you can still get the other one you know but if you missed out on McCaffrey there was a big difference there between you know number two like Elliot was still good but he wasn't anywhere near I think Delvin Delvin Cook was number two right and actually we got to put him in the conversation also Delvin Cook you know he would probably be someone who might go in that top five as well you think he'll stay healthy for a full season because I have some injury concerns I it's tough to say with anybody McCaffrey too you know you carry the ball that many times this year there's you you might have an issue next year I hear you. So uh, we'll see. We'll talk about. I can't wait to talk about this. This is the right, fun yeah. part. This well, is the fun that's why part we're of coming back for season two, my friend. That's why we're coming back. You know, all this great stuff to talk about with both you and also Chris as well, and so many other guests that we had over the course of season one. 
Hopefully they'll all come back for season two on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who appeared on the show, Charles Barr and you know, everyone else that showed up on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football shows this year. Just so great having them aboard. I know Charles, I would have loved to invite, but I know we were coming on a little bit late for him on the East Coast. So I know uh, he's getting prepped for he's the a pansy. Super Bowl. Well, you know, <laughs> don't. you've got the inside track with him, man. I so do. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. But I know he's preparing on his show as well. So you got to check it out with what he's doing. He's with NFL Express. That's NFL Express podcast is the name of his show. And they're 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 very good. They're about half fantasy and half actual football. There you go. Well, that's like I said, they're preparing for Super Bowl right now. I'm sure it's a big game for everyone else as far as all the money here. I'm in Vegas, the money's flying as we speak. I know the uh point spread has turned towards the Chiefs. So it's looking more and more like the Chiefs right now will go in as the favorites. So right now we've got Kansas City a little bit in the lead as far as for favorites are concerned right now because we're starting off right now with our Super Bowl conversation right here on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. So it has now come to that time. It is coming right now this weekend. It's going to be a great thing indeed. Jason, I'll start off with you. Some of the things that you're looking forward to in in the game, let's say you're coming to Vegas and you want to go ahead and you want to lay the smart money down on the overall winner starting off, you know, cause that's obviously what most people go to as far as from the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the casual betters and things of that nature, they're just going to do the point spread. So looking at it objectively and you're coming in there, what are the things that you're looking for, for the game overall? First of all, I don't pay much attention to point spreads because I don't gamble. I do do confidence pools though. So looking at this from a confidence pool perspective on an average week, Chiefs 49ers would be about a, a game that you would put, uh, assuming there was 16 games that week. I, I would probably put them as probably like my four. Uh, and I would put the Chiefs as the team that I would, especially in a neutral site, uh, that they would probably be somewhere around my number four or number five confidence over San Francisco at this point. So I am looking for the Chiefs to win the game. What I normally do with confidence pools is I'll make my picks and then I'll go back and look at the point spreads afterwards and maybe correct anything so that my, my, it's still mostly my gut, but not just what Vegas says. So like if I missed, say, a 14-point spread and I was thinking it would be closer, maybe I might move it up a, a spot or two. But nonetheless, I do think the Chiefs are going to win. This is really going to be a fun game to watch because – It's sort of new. I mean, the 49ers have been in the Super Bowl many, many times over my life, a little bit too much in the middle of my life. But it's good that we don't have to see Tom Brady and the Patriots. I mean, that's all the talk right now is there's more talk about the fact that the Patriots aren't in the Super Bowl than the two teams that are in the Super Bowl and that Brady might become a free agent. So it's like the Patriots are still dominating everything. And then with Kobe Bryant, you know, passing away, uh, you know, that has taken away a little bit from the luster of this game as well. So it's been a you tough know, week, man. It's been a right. tough week. You know, that's taken away from it as well. But this will be a great game, a great distraction. Two teams that are fun to watch. You've got the defensive juggernaut versus the offensive juggernaut. Both of them somewhat struggle in the other capacity. You've got the Chiefs who run the ball as frequently as I get dates. Um, and you have the, uh, the 49ers who, you know, run the ball all the time. Uh, you have an emerging running back in Raheem Mostert, who I'm ecstatic to have on my keeper league. I picked him up at the tail end of the year because somebody dropped him, and I was super happy to get him. And look at what he's done, you know, the last five weeks of, of the season, including the playoffs. So, you know, I think Mostert, I don't I don't see him being uh, having a game like he did last game where he had three or four touchdowns, but against the Chiefs defense, which is somewhat porous, uh, he could have a decent game. I look for, you know, the, the 49ers receiving courts, which are average at best, led by, you know, Debo and those guys to, um, and they have one of them's hurt, I forget, but Jimmy Garoppolo was a good quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. He's Tom Brady Jr. So this is his chance to try to become Tom Brady, you know, the next Tom Brady and be that, you know, the handsome, cool cat who everybody wants to have the Garoppolo jersey. So it, this should be a fun game, but I, I do think this is Mahomes' time. I mean, if you're looking at a quarterback who can throw the ball, to Tyreek Hill, throw the ball to McCole Hardman, throw the ball to Sammy Watkins, and even dump it off to LaShawn McCoy or Damian Williams in the backfield. You know, he's got a lot of options. And 
I didn't even mention probably their best receiver in Travis Kelsey, who's their tight end. And they have actually uh, their backup tight end is, is pretty solid as well. So the Chiefs are just have all these weapons on offense. And Mahomes can throw a spiral. He can throw a Roger Clemens fastball underhand. The guy is so ridiculously good. So in games like this, you you know, you go with the quarterback, in my opinion. It's going to be the Chiefs, I think, but it's up to unless there's a great off the charts performance by Nick Bosa in that defense. For the 49ers, it's probably going to be the Chiefs. We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy <laughs> happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Voice from the Underground. Once again, that's Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground. you got to check out what he's doing with his great podcast, Voice from the Underground. Chris Sardieri from Inside Sports, I got to hear your thoughts on the Super Bowl because when it starts out, like I said, in favor of Kansas City, a lot of sentimentality is going towards Andy Reid. Are you following that sentimentality? Do you think Kansas City can finally pull it off? Or do you think that San Francisco has something up, left up its sleeve? I think the Chiefs can, but I think it's going to be a better game than people expected. And I checked earlier this evening and I saw it one, one and a half in a number of places. It hadn't really budged much. So, uh, Someone came in with an 18-wheeler full of cash, I'm guessing. But uh, regardless, if you're going to play the point spread, I don't think there's any value on uh, either side doing a money line. It's no. essentially a pick em game if it stays in that one, one-and-a-half range. Um, if it does move, then, you know, the uh, four-and-a-half's a lot. And, uh, you know, it could be a field goal game or even four. Stay, you know, like, like I've said before, stay away from that dreaded hook. Make sure it's in your favor depending on how you go. But uh, what I think here is uh, – Jason hit the nail on the head. You've got great offense against great defense. The the two things that stand out to me are that the 49ers this year, when they did lose, had issues with quarterbacks that could move. Russell Wilson beat them once, so should have beaten them that last Sunday night game of the year. Lamar Jackson gave them fits in Baltimore, and I think that's the X factor. Besides Mahomes' arms and his weapons, this guy can run. Look what he did in the AFC Championship game on that touchdown against the Titans, and I think he'll he'll give them fits and cause a lot of chaos if that happens. And then, two, um, the Chiefs' defense has been playing better against the run. They figured out what to do against Derrick Henry two weeks ago, but uh, I, I think the key is they basically got to dare Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them, and, and while I think it's a nice story and it'd be a kind of a nice middle finger to the Patriots if he were to win it because we all know Brady wanted him out of there, and that's why Belichick sent him to the, the farthest coast possible. But uh, I, I just have my doubts as to whether this guy can win a Super Bowl. So I think it'll be a good game. I don't, from a from an over-under perspective, I, I've seen it like 54, 54 and a half, and you know everyone's going to want to bet the over on it. But regardless, it, it, the 49ers will have to play a ball control game to win it. So that's going to keep Mahomes off the field. If the, the Chiefs do win it, I do think the 49ers defense is stout enough that they can contain him on a number of uh, Mahomes on a number of possessions. So I'm kind of leaning towards the under also because I'm a contrarian and I don't want to see a 70 point. Super yeah, Bowl, I agree. Although la last year I got that and it was 13 to three. So be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I, I agree on the under. I don't know what the line is at the moment. I, again, I don't pay attention to to lines, but I would imagine if I were to guess that this is about a 53. I've seen anywhere between like, yeah, 53 and 54 and a half. So we're yeah. in that ballpark. I, I think so. If you think about that, that's a 30 to 23 game, right? So I can certainly see the Chiefs scoring 30. I'm not sure I can see the 49ers scoring 23. I would say this game's going to come in in the mid 40s. So, you know, something like a 31 to 17 ish deal. So I, I, I think that you're probably looking for the under plus also let's not forget that the nfl doesn't like to kick field goals these days and the, even though robbie gould has been <laughs> you know somewhat decent you know these guys keep passing up field goals for to try for a touchdowns and i'm telling you it's like if you go back through history and you look like if, if you were to somehow watch every time that 
you know, for the, let's go back 20 years and say, or 10 years even, and say every time that a coach passed up a field goal early in the game, and then you go to the fourth quarter, add three points to their score, where, where would they actually be? You know, there, a lot of games are lost because of those decisions. And I know the fans don't like to see teams settle for field goals. And, and I know that all of a sudden in the last four years, kickers have decided they don't want to, they can't kick anymore. Like <laughs> it, it's crazy because this was never the kick. field goals were like automatic when we were kids, we had barefoot kickers, you know, and it's like these guys used to make 70, you know, 85, 90% of their kicks. And now these guys can't make a 30 freaking yard extra point. So, you know, because of that, then you see a lot of the, the points end up going down because Is it or are they more accurate from 48 to 55 yards than they from... almost are. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're like... almost right. Yeah. You're almost exactly right. I mean, it's like how many times you've seen a 31 yard field goal just go straight to the left, you know, it's or guys hitting the uprights. What's his face from the bears a couple of years ago, hit the uprights, uh, you know, 65 times in, in 60 and he only kicked the ball twice. So, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but the um, but you have that dynamic. But then on the other side, you have a lot more defensive touchdowns late in games the, the, lately than you have in the past too. You know, uh, especially the last three four years, where you'll have a, a team the team that's losing is very very prone to giving up possibly two pick sixes at the end of the game because that's all they're doing is throwing. Cornerbacks are so are, are are all good receivers these days, so you know you have to watch out for that as well. So that can run the the spread up a little bit, the over under up a little bit because you know the game may be over at thirty to three, but because for because whoever's losing throws the ball and throws well, a couple pick sixes, and then you, now it goes over. So well, you got to watch say that, that to Kyle Shanahan because you know no, but he's a good coach. I mean, this uh, that's actually a side a sidebar to this game. Two, I think two pretty good coaches. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has got it in his blood. He's done a very good job in San Francisco. Andy Reid uh, going for his first championship, I believe. Uh, I don't believe he's won one before. Nope. So um, he's been close a few times. He took the Eagles to the NFC Championship game. What was it, four years in a row with McNabb, and didn't and didn't make it. So you know that's a good sidebar there. And of course, with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, you know, not long after he left, they had the that silly Chip Kelly experiment in the middle there. But for the most part, it was more or less on the heels of him leaving. And he, I really thought the Chiefs' time was a couple of years ago, but uh, you know, it just didn't happen for him. This, I, I really, I'm kind of pulling for for Andy Reid here. He's sort of got, it, it, I think it's sort of his time right now. But their defense has always been suspect. Do you have? He's not a defensive it? coach. Well, do you <laughs> have? Do you been. think it's going to be some problems with it? Do you think they can stop San Francisco enough? I, I think that they'll be all right because honestly, San Francisco's offense isn't that terrific. You know, their running game is good. And Chris can probably speak on this. You know, I, I hear Chris talk about this a lot. So when I listen to the show, you know, and he, he probably has a better handle on, on this particular issue than I do. Uh, my humble opinion on this is that the 49ers, even though they have three good running backs, they're not really studs. I mean, you don't have Lenny and Tomlinson back there. So, you know, um, it's not, not, I'm not really sure any of these guys are game breakers yet. Mostert certainly has the potential to be. Brita's not. Uh, Coleman's done. And then um, the other was it Wilson, their other running back. He's 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 a decent running back, but he's um, not getting a lot of uh, of of carries of late. So we'll have to see. But I'm not really certain that the the Chiefs are going to have a lot to stop because what do the 49ers really have on offense other than Greg Kittle? Yeah, I agree, and I think uh, Steve Spagnuolo, who always have a warm place in my heart for. Uh stopping Tom Brady when the Patriots are undefeated in Super Bowl 42. Um, I, I think he's good enough to scheme and just rolling back to the 49ers, two playoff games, frankly, they were against two completely overrated teams, the Vikings absolutely. and the Packers who were, absolutely. who were an absolute disgrace on defense. I mean, I don't, I don't want to hear about Mike Pettin. I just remember him from his Brown days and I guess my uh, long-term memory is still intact, but they just, you know, they, they just ran, ran, ran the ball. It was ridiculous. It was like, a, I don't know, a, a game in the uh, Meadowlands in the 1980s with the wind and you couldn't throw the ball. It was ridiculous. So, while I don't think the Chiefs have this outstanding defense, I think they have enough to, to stop the run. And, you know, if they didn't, Derrick Henry would be here right now, not Patrick Mahomes. About the Titans, though, they were due for a, a kind of a clunker. 
you know, let's let's be honest. The Titans aren't a very good football team. Ryan Tannehill, to his credit, did exceptionally well, you know, and they do have a couple good receivers in Brown and Davis, you know, the good young receivers in Brown and Davis who could be good for a while. Derrick Henry is a good running back, but again, I don't, we don't talk about Derrick Henry as being a top five running back in fantasy. I mean, maybe we will next year, but we have never done that up until now. So it's like, you know, they're, the Titans are a good defensive team. They're a top 10 defensive team, not great, but good. And, you know, that they really shouldn't have even been in that. Who expected the Titans to be in the AFC championship game? Nobody, you know, so, and, and all the credit in the world to the Titans for making it there. But, you know, that's today's yeah. NFL. But the, the, the point of the matter is, is that it was the Chiefs were not playing the second best team in the AFC. The oh. Titans had a good scheme in the first half. They just, once, once Henry got stopped, they abandoned it. And then they're like, oh, crap, Ryan Tannehill is our quarterback. Yeah, and, he, and they exposed Tannehill for what he is, which is, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so yep. I, I will say he is certainly better than Marcus Mariota. The Marcus Mariota yeah, experiment absolutely. is, is, is certainly over. Hopefully. I mean, he, I think Mariota could be a really solid backup. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd have every confidence in him coming in, in the third quarter for two, three games a year, but he's just not a starting quarterback and he really never was. So that was a bad draft pick by the Titans. Indeed. Well, let me ask you this. When it comes to the San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City is favored right now at this point by one and a half over the San Francisco 49ers. In your opinion, what can the San Francisco 49ers do in order to go ahead and take command of the game? Because you obviously you're leaning towards the Kansas City Chiefs at this point in time. But I want to ask you this. What do the San Francisco 49ers do or what do you think they can do? possibly in order to go ahead and maybe to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs enough or see if they can, you know, try to put up points on the board, anything they can do to go ahead and win the game. I mean, if we're looking at it from a San Francisco 49ers standpoint. First of all, my condolences to San Francisco for hiring me. Again, it all it all boils down to, you know, those linebackers on San Francisco. They have a really good linebacking core. I just don't really see them being fast enough to stop Patrick Mahomes unless Mahomes is still hobbled a bit because he has had some issues this year with, with his, with his injuries, you know, that play he got hurt on, he never should have run the ball in the first place. But I, I really, honestly, I just really don't see them stopping the chiefs offense. I, I, I think that they'll put up a good fight. I do, but I don't see them keeping the chiefs under 30 points. So if they're able to do it, it's going to be a lot of blitzing. That's really the only thing they can do. And they can't do a run blitz. They're going to have to control the ball on the ground. Yeah, you know what would you know what would be shocking to me is like the biggest enemy of the Chiefs would be the Chiefs. If they all of a sudden decide to run the ball, then you know they'll be much easier for San Francisco to beat. If they're doing a lot of play action and then and Mahomes is is dropping back and and moving around in the pocket and even especially if he moves out of the pocket, the 49ers are in a world of hurt because the Chiefs just have way too many options on offense. You know, you've got deep threats in McCole Hardman and Tyreek Hill. This team, they probably are the two of the three best deep threats in the NFL right now. Certainly two of the top five, you know, but maybe two of the top three because Hardman is going to be, watch, next year, Hardman's going to be a WR2, 100%. You know, Sammy Watkins is not going to be WR2 on that team next year. Hardman is going to be. It's just going to come down to the fact that they're going to have to find someone else to be in the slot because Hardman's not a slot receiver and neither is Hill. Though Hill can work out of the slot a little bit better than Hardman can. But I just don't see any way that the Chiefs are going to be able to, or the 49ers are going to be able to, to slow down the Chiefs' offense. I, and that's not saying anything bad about the 49ers' defense. I mean, they are an extremely good defense. But they're not playing the Bears. You know, they're not playing the Dolphins this week. They're, they're playing the best team in the AFC and a team that has been the best team in the AFC with possible exception of the Ravens. I would have much rather have seen the Ravens play the tight, the, the chiefs last week Titans, but you know, it's, it, it's just, it didn't work out that way, but I don't think they could have stopped the Titans either. You know, it's, they, I think they would have had a better chance of stopping the Titans because, or the, I'm sorry, the, um, the Ravens, because the Ravens have less options on wide receiver than the chiefs do, but the chiefs are just way too stacked. What do you do? You, you know, you shut down Kelsey, you got to deal with Watkins, shut down Watkins. You got to deal with a little outlet pass to the, to the running back. 
So, or you know, hill, you know, it goes right back to hill again. Yeah, it goes back to hill again. So, you know, who do you double cover? The easy answer is there you double cover hill. But then, you know, you Kelsey's going to torch you. So it's it's just it's a difficult task. They're not unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination, but that you certainly could lose that game if you are the Chiefs. But I just don't really see any way to scheme it. It it's, comes down to those 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 linebackers for the the Chiefs. If they play, if they're to use hockey terminology for a goalie, if they're standing on their heads, then you know that might be great. Or if they're able to force some turnovers, you know that is one thing that uh, the Chiefs have shown a propensity to do is to turn the ball over after it's caught. Really not coming from Mahomes, per se, but McCoy's had some issues with turnovers. Hardman, I believe, has fumbled a couple of times this year. Maybe they could get some turnovers, but that's really what what they're going to have to do is find a way to get that ball turned over. You know, Go for those those punches and those spears and, and try to strip that ball away from them because the longer the Chiefs have the ball, they're going to do – Pass, 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 run, pass, 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 run, pass, 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 run. While the 49ers are going to go run, 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 pass, run, 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 run. And that's not a formula for success when you're going against a high-octane offense. I just don't see the 49ers being able to keep up with the Chiefs. I think their defense, again, is going to play as best as they can. I just don't see them being able to keep up. So honestly, the more I'm talking about this, a one-and-a-half-point spread looks pretty good to bet to take the Chiefs. So usually I stay away from one-point spreads. Anything under three and a half, really, I would say stay away from. Because it's basically a pick them. But what do I know? We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'm going to fire you because you, you know, what do you know? So, and I'm going to go I ahead know? and hire Chris Sardieri as head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Good move. There you go. So, Chris, Thanks. I think as long as Paul I, D. Podesta isn't hiring me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I turn it over to you, my friend. What scheme do you think you would need to go ahead and implement, or what are some musts for the San Francisco 49ers in order to have a chance to come out victorious on Sunday? Well, and if you I blow mean, it, Mark you... Trussman gets the job. Oh, God. I haven't heard that name <laughs> in a while. But uh, um, they they it's twofold. So on defense, they've got to get some semblance of a pass rush. I mean, I know, I know Bosa can do a great job. The problem is with all the motion and the fact that Mahomes is just so darn quick at not only releasing the ball, but, you know, finding his receivers, dropping quickly or scrambling when he needs to. I think that's going to be a tall order. I think they need to make sure they don't get Richard Sherman exposed in a mismatch because uh, while he's a uh, he was a great cornerback in his day, as we've seen, he's lost the step. And uh, if the Chiefs Chiefs exploit him, it's going to be a long day. They also have to make sure they don't fall down early because then they're going to have to abandon their game plan of ball control and running the ball. And I, I think the best way to to defend Mahomes and that Chiefs offense is keep the clock running. I mean, I harken back to the days of Super Bowl 25 when the Giants had a ridiculously long drive in the third quarter to keep the Bills offense off the field. And at that point, it was just a back and forth battle where uh, they're trading scores and everything. But by eating up all that clock, the Bills just ran out of time. So I think that's what they have to do there. Uh, can they? Uh, you get down 14 points to the Chiefs, that's going to be hard to do. You're abandoning the run at some point. Well, you saw the miraculous comeback that they'd made. It looked uh, really grim for Kansas City right there in the first half, and they came back strong. So I don't know if there's going to be any lead that they won't, you know, can't come yeah. back from. That's the problem with the tight, the problem with the Titans was they went up by too much too fast, and then they changed their scheme. If you're up 21 to nothing in the first quarter, you're like, okay, well, I can envision the Chiefs winning this game 30 to 10. So the game's not over, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. It's just when are they going to score those those points? Now, if they go down that big to the, I will say this: if the 49ers are somehow via turnover or a kick return or something. Like, by the way, whatever happened to the kick return in the NFL? I mean, I miss kick returns. It's been Hester. outlawed. You didn't get the memo. You know, I got it, but I want Devin Hester and buy Sikahama back, right? Yeah. So the but the um Dwight Stone. I mean, these guys were so fun to watch. Deshaun uh, Deshaun Jackson, but if the 49ers do somehow find themselves up similar to what Houston did. 
it's going to be a lot harder to come back on San Francisco than it is on Houston because they they drop those cornerbacks back a couple extra steps, give up the smaller one, sure, you know, but that gives a big advantage to guys like Richard Sherman, like you talked about, and then those linebackers get to wreak a little bit more havoc, and you know, San Francisco can stick to their run to their running game and and tear that Chiefs defense apart because Chris, as you know, and Gerald, as you know the 49ers eventually will pierce a hole in that Chiefs defense with that run game. It's just a point of will they be able to stick with the run long enough to actually pierce the, to pierce through there and get those couple of big plays. You run the ball enough against the Chiefs, you are going to score. It's just will they be in a position to maybe have a couple three and outs, but after a couple three and outs, will they be down 14 nothing, or will it still be 0-0? That's where it all comes into play. So if the 49ers go up early, they're in a lot better shape than than the Texans, I think is my point here. I think that has to be the case. I think they have to jump into a lead. I can't imagine them coming back from behind at you know anything, let's say out of 10 points. If they go more than 10 points down, I think it's it's all she wrote for for the San Francisco 49ers. If the 49ers go down more than 10 points? Yeah. Oh yeah. If the 49ers go down more than 10 points, it's over. If the Chief, what I was talking about is the Chiefs go down more than yeah. 10 points. I could see the Chiefs coming back from 14, but I don't see them coming back from anything more than that early because, like I said, the, the, they play ball control better than anybody. But their strengths are getting a defensive turnover early in the game and then running the ball, you know, and, and having their defense play well and eventually getting those big plays on uh, from their run game. And if it happens early, then the 49ers can steal this game. But if it doesn't happen until the third quarter, the problem is they're not going to be able to stick with it long enough to do it in the third quarter. Chris, before we head on out, my friend, because I know we've yes. got a few minutes left, you've been so great with the doghouse on the back half of the season <laughs> for Inside Sports Fantasy Football. I want to ask you this. As the man who is gone to the doghouse, have you got any picks for any prop bets, for any specialty bets, or anything else that you're seeing as far as action from the Lions in Vegas? I think a lot of these are crap, including the uh, over-under on the national anthem time. That That's another one that particularly bugs me. But you had me on the show last year. I said, uh, keep an eye out on Sonny Michelle for first touchdown. Not only did I didn't realize how right I'd be, but I didn't think it'd be that late in the fourth quarter that he finally scored a touchdown. So I kind of like taking a play on some of these touchdown bets. And like anything in life, you've got to diversify, whether it's investments, gambling, friends, you name it. I think here you you play a few different guys and everyone's going to want to put the money on Kelsey and, and Hill for the Chiefs. Uh, like like Jason said, what about Hartman? He's He's been playing phenomenally this season. I mean, he, uh, I completely agree with you. He's poised for a breakout year next year. Or even Sammy Watkins, you know, he, he's been getting some balls. He scored in the playoffs. It's another guy to keep your eye on. On the flip side, I don't know what happened, but I had Greg Kittle on my fantasy team. I freaking love that guy. He is phenomenal. I was so glad to have him on my team. What about him? He's kind of been quiet the last few weeks. Don't you think he's due for a score if the uh, 49ers and, – and this is another thing, too. If the 49ers win the toss, do they defer or take the ball to keep the Chiefs off the field? That's a, a wish. Well, are they going to double-team that. him? That's what I'm going to ask. That's yeah. If yeah. they double-team him, that's going to be very yeah. hard. Yeah, so I, but I, I don't know. I mean, what are they going to do? The Chiefs are going to say we're stopping the run here. But I mean, I look at what Kittle did in that game on third and long against the Saints, and uh, the guy's a beast. If they'll find a way to get him loose, maybe that's someone you put a little money on to score the first touchdown, too. But a lot of these prop bets are just, they're fool's gold. They're suckers' bets. Well, seriously, what do you do, though, Chris, if you're the 49ers and you win the toss? Honestly, it's, yeah, I would, it's a problem I would either take way. The ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would take the ball. Yeah, I think I would because uh, what, what you've seen is even when the Chiefs do get down, they're going to come back. So if you can get up and put a score on them, and, and even just clockwise, if you keep Mahomes off the field for some time, why not do it? That That's my guess. I know Shanahan will say we, we win with defense and we're going to defer and we're going to stop them here in the first series and make a statement. But I'm trying to be the contrarian to the new contrarian view. Make of sure Jason Garrett, Garrett hears, hears you when you say that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let him know. He's at the Meadowlands now, and I'm not happy about that either. Good luck. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm on with Jason Dutch and also Chris Sardieri. These guys have been my co-hosts all season long at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. 
I want to go ahead as a reminder and let you know we will be coming back for season two later this year as we prep for another great season of fantasy football. Jason, I know you got a lot of stuff going on on the VFU, so you know, give everybody an update what's going on with Voice from the Underground. Yeah, we're just juxtaposing politics and pop culture. We actually we, we were supposed to do a movie review this week, but with the Super Bowl, we kind of forgot there was a game. So we had to reschedule Sunday's show to Monday. So we probably have a little bit of a late show this week, but if you want to tune in and hear the latest, my latest ramblings, and then also we talk about how politics and social issues are portrayed in pop culture and things like that. So you can tune into the, to our show to do that. I think we do a pretty jazzy job of talking about those things. We'll, we will have a movie review coming up soon. One of the movies that we're t- going to do a review on and, and, and look at social aspect of is Blazing Saddles. So we're probably going to do that one next, which will be a riot. So we have American History X we're going to do. So we have a few of them, but you can check that out at VFU Podcast dot yola site y-o-l-a-s-i-t-e dot com or voice from the underground wherever you get your podcast yeah just google you know if you want to check it out just google voice from the underground and it will pop up first or second it usually does whenever i look for it so yes that's voice from the underground the podcast you got to check it out today in fact you guys had a great episode this past week not just because i was on it but there was a lot of things yeah, that we you. talked about as far as emotions with the passing of Kobe Bryant and, and a lot more of the things that you guys touched upon as well. So, yeah. And, and about that, you know, real quick on that, there was a, a story that there's an ET entertainment tonight video that was out that I thought was really good where they talked to his old helicopter pilot, just about that whole nomenclature. And, you know, the fact that he lost his friend who was the other pilot. So, you know, thoughts out, we, we've all done a big, uh, you know, a lot of thoughts of Kobe, but, you know, thoughts out to everybody, you know, the other people on that flight as well, who, who weren't rich and famous, not digging on Kobe here, but he seemed to have been a good guy, but you know, to the other people who lost their, their lives as well, you know, and then all of the, our soldiers who are over there in danger in the middle East right now. So other stuff going on too. Absolutely. And our prayers and thoughts are with them as well. Chris, I, along with what we're going to show off on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, which is your great research paper, we're going to pop out there in regards to the Super Bowl this weekend. What you got going on with Inside Sports? Now, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it to be able to write about football in the day job and uh, merge it with what I do here on the side is always fun. Um, we're supposedly going to get some press coverage in the financial industry tomorrow. So uh, follow me at Chris L Sports. I'll post anything there if you're interested in reading the paper can't seem to find it reach out to me but I I think now it'll be nice to just kind of sit back and decompress a little keep my eye on football but at the same time gear up for the season because we all know it's February now before you know it it'll be the summer and we'll be thinking about it again but like I said follow me on Twitter and and both you guys thank you for the opportunity to do the show tonight and all season as well Gerald and while I will miss football, I know there'll be other things to keep us busy. And frankly, after a season of fantasy football, we all need a little downtime, right? That's true. But baseball's around the corner. NASCAR, tennis and golf are just getting started. It's always something good going in sports. The NBA is heading close to all-star season right now. And also NHL is coming out of the all-star game, already back to playing their games in the second half of the season. So playoffs around the corner for both those sports. So It's going to be a lot of things to look forward to with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Again, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff next week when it concerns Birds of Prey coming out next week. Also as well, we talked about the Super Bowl ads. Plus, I have interviews as well coming up in the not-too-distant future with Jackie Rahm, who is a crime novelist. So we're going to talk to her on next Monday's show, the Pop Culture Cosmos, and also delve more into true crime podcasts and why true crime podcasting is so fascinating to so many people out there. So a lot of good things to look forward to next week on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. Yeah, that's just what we need is another true crime podcast. I mean, there's not enough. No, there's not enough. But no, no, we're not doing one. We're not doing one. No, no, no. Why is it so popular? That's all we're going to do. But guys, it's just been great having you both aboard this season for Inside Sports Fantasy Football. I cannot thank you enough to both of you for being a part of it. It's just been an incredible time indeed. And 
Also thank the folks at Cuyahoga Valley Radio Network for airing our show each and every week. And then everyone else out there that's listening to us on the Pop Culture Cosmos radio stations worldwide and also the Pop Culture Cosmos podcast outlets. Cannot thank you enough for listening. We'll see you next season right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.